Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Charging Status, the UK and Europe-focused EV podcast brought to you by Crosswires and the Interface. Happy New Year, everyone. Although, for us, it feels like it's it's sort of beyond that New Year phase. We're, what, a good few weeks into January at this point, and hey, secretly, folks, this is actually our second take of this episode. Oh, you didn't hear that from us. Right, Alex? <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. No, so first time we've been here to record this one. Absolutely, Alex. How are you? Did you have a good? Ha- See, can't even get my lines out in this new year. Did you have a good Christmas and a happy new year? I did. It was very good. Yeah, I saw different family members, and yeah, it's good fun. Awesome. So we are here to talk about all the, but you know, some EV news that happened since what sort of like mid early December when we recorded last. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, got quite a bit to get for you. Because of that, this week there will be no test drive. It's like one of those old <laughs> Phoenix Knights announcements. Because of that, there will be no bingo this evening. No, uh, but we do have some really cool little bits to sort of fill in a gap. And we're going to be taking a look forward at, at what's coming uh, in terms of actual cars launching this year in 2023. I'm particularly struggling to say 2023 because I know what that means for me. If I say to listeners I was born in 1983, it might give you an idea of why I'm struggling so much with this year being this year. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, not until the end of the year, but still. Anyway, let's get into stuff, shall we, Alex? So, first up, what are Mercedes up to? Mercedes have got a new uh, vehicle uh, called the EQT. Um, so, there's a popular trend at the moment where car manufacturers will take uh, an existing commercial vehicle. Um, so, Volkswagen have done this for a long time and turn it into an MPV. So, Mercedes has got their small van, the T class, uh, sort of the Transit Courier, Transit Connect sort of size. Small little vans like you see that Postman drive. But they turn this into an electric uh, MPV, which is awesome. So a lot of people, have, they used to have like um, people carriers back in the early 2000s. as a sort of quite a depressing car, really. <laughs> um, so hopefully get people out of SUVs and back into sort of more stylish vehicles. And uh, the EQT, again, it is based on the T- T-Class, which is upcoming. It's sort of a very similar, similar, similar van to the Vauxhall Combo E. Combo E Life, um, it's built by Renault, um, and the T Class and the EQT are, are built by Renault. And but yeah, it's it's just a quite a nice posh electric people carrier designed for families maybe. But yeah, it's pretty good. 170 mile, 175 miles of range, uh, DC fast charging at 80 kilowatts, which isn't isn't the highest that we've seen at the moment, but it's pretty good, I think. It's due to be announced sometime sometime this year. There's no prices yet, so. Now, what instantly comes to my mind when I look at this is you're right. So it's big family. You know, it's big, big family cars. You know, this has got like a you know a sliding door at the back rather than something like a yeah. Vauxhall Sofia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm 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 thinking airport shuttle bus type. You know, the shuttle bus type vehicles as well. Oh yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, you know, it looks okay. I I don't know. Yeah, I can see uses for it. Definitely, it looks okay. Yeah. Let, let's see what the pricing is. But yeah, interesting. Though you mentioned the built by Renault, so is that in the commercial vehicle space? Is that more common yeah very much i think i mentioned the podcast before the commercial vehicle space is much more of a shared job than than passenger vehicles so i think up until recently the only car manufacturers that weren't doing things with other people were ford and vw and now ford and vw are now sort of doing things together now so yeah there's a alliance called the renault nissan alliance i can't remember the exact name of it and mercedes are, are sort of involved in that as well and there's a lot of engine sh- sharing and platform sharing and 
um, manufacturing that gets done together. So the the same factory builds the T-Class, or will build the T-Class, the Nissan Townstar and the Vauxhall Combo, which is interesting because Vauxhall are doing things with, Vauxhall are part of Slant, Slantis. I'm not sure how long that partnership will go on, but, but we shall see. So. And speaking of commercial vehicles, you know, as it happens, I just got a, a message from a friend. Do you know, this is actually really quite, <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the interface article of a yellow DH hell van. I know that I've got a delivery this afternoon of something yellow that might have a crank on it. Um, I, I hope that's what it is. Otherwise my friend's in a lot of trouble. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, several years late, uh, later than uh, than planned. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, let, I'll obviously do some content on it. But uh, DHL, our favourite couriers. That's a lot of EVs, um, EV vans they've ordered. They've ordered two thousand uh, electric e transit vans from Ford, and DHL have set aside a huge amount of money. They've set aside seven billion euros to make sure that their fleet is zero emissions by twenty thirty. Um, and Ford aren't going to be the only company they're going to be working with. They've also got vans from. Uh, VW, I think, as well, they're in use. So it's great to see. There's a lot of lot of currying companies that like uh, making sure that their their pure EV will will be at some point. So the Royal Mail, I've seen a load of electric vans over in the states. Amazon are using uh, the Rivian van that they helped co-produce with Rivian. I know they're using that in Seattle. I watched quite an interesting video uh, about that uh, a little while ago. So it'll be it's great to see. There's um. Especially, well, I went to London over Christmas, and I was surprised as soon as you enter the capital that how many. I looked around, looked at vans and stuff. I was like, "Oh, that's electric. Oh, that one's electric." I was like, "Oh, it's interesting." Even with the price that they are, because the big electric vans are expensive, so I'm not sure what the lease leasing is like. But yeah, it's, it's must must outweigh the cost of diesel. So that's a, that's a good thing. And yeah, you, you talk. You know, I was um, this was oh gosh, this was maybe a year and a half ago. I was up in Scarborough in North Yorkshire. Was it no Bridlington? Sorry, my apologies, Bridlington. I'm giving Scarborough the credit for your your council's innovation. I noticed a lot of the little Nissan um, EV little vans. You know, like the little, you know, the small ones that you see like the, the council using. Yep, they were all electric. And I remember pointing it out to my granddad, who you know, sort of left us, but and he said. What, what do you mean? That's so electric. Well, it's not got a you know traditional engine. Granddad, he's like, oh, that's fancy, isn't it? I'm like, yes, <laughs> and it is. It is like incredible. Did you? I saw a video of this week, just speaking about the Rivian deal. About someone was, I think it's the same guy who did the original video we linked to, who was showing talking about the three sizes that we've now yeah. got for the, the vehicle. Those are some impressive ranges as well on those. I know, yeah. I know. Uh, Doug Demiro did a video on the Amazon van after that. After that original video came out as well, so I had a watch of that as well because he usually goes full nerd mode and goes in depth on everything, which is awesome. So, but yeah, there's, yeah, it, Amazon had their own department that helped develop it, which is which is really cool. So, um, I know Amazon, Amazon have got shares in Rivian. So, and now these vans are just, just correct me if I'm wrong with the range that we're seeing here. Yeah, they're pretty decent. But we are talking probably within a region rather than, you know, say, nationwide delivery. That's still going to, at the moment, either fall to big trucks or combustion-based. I don't know, I guess if you plan your charging. But I, I suppose that's the problem with deliveries. You Efficiency in, in delivery times is a big factor. It's not yeah. like something where me and you could take a day trip and say, okay, we'll stop off for a couple of hours at, say, uh, RMC Retro's a cave. I don't know if Neil has our um, EV chargers yet, but we could stop off at the cave while en route somewhere uh, because we could charge. So, 
yeah, definitely for intercity stuff like London. So awesome! All right, um, what have you got for us? I think we're looking. Uh, we're looking at the pole star. Even now, hang on. Have we turned into an astronomy podcast, or is this? Uh, we're actually looking at the Jeep. I skipped a story, folks. I skipped a story. Sorry, <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. James, corrects, uh, James corrects himself. L- speaking of, no, I can't do a segue to that. Jeep Avenger, go on. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, so before we recorded this podcast, I was actually watching a, uh, a video from Johnny Smith um, from the Late Break Show. He he'd, he'd have it. He'd have, he was doing a first walk around of the Jeep Avenger, which was uh, looks such a cool car. So this is the we spoke about it on the last episode or the episode before. So the the Jeep Avengers. Now on sale in Europe for thirty nine thousand euros for the first edition, and it's going to come to the UK uh, later on uh, this year. Um, so that's that's thirty three thousand pounds in the UK. Uh, it will be cheaper than that because uh, it's just the first edition. It looks really cool. Johnny was mentioning in the video. We've never really paid much attention to Jeep in the in this in this country really because they're sort of too big, too expensive, or use too much fuel. But this is now Jeep is part of Stellantis, which is the the family which Vauxhall and Peugeot and Citroen live under. This is basically going to be Jeep's. This is Jeep's first uh, car that's going to be non. It's going to be Europe only, um, so it's not going to go to the US at, at all. It's going to be. This is Jeep's first model that's going to be outside of America, which is really interesting. And it is essentially just a, a Peugeot or a Vauxhall underneath, um, with some Jeep bits on the top. But Jeep have said that there is a lot of off-road capability with it. Um, so it's front-wheel drive at the moment. There is a four-wheel drive version coming at some point. Um, whether or not that is electric or not remains to be seen because they, they're a bit weird with the wording. Uh, it might be a hybrid for four-wheel drive, but but as it stands at the moment, it looks really cool, especially in the header image that I put on the on the article in yellow. It looks really nice. And there's a yellow... I haven't put the image in there, but on the dash, the entire dash is yellow, which is... I love yellow, so that's <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, the first edition is only going to be 10,000 units um, once they're allocated. Then after that, the first deliveries for the UK will be between July and August. Okay, so not really that late into the year for for it to be delivered, and no, I, I do see what you mean as well. That looks looking at it like that doesn't have that same look at me. I'm a huge, massive Jeep. Mm. I'm not really set up for European roads. That look, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I can see the. Do you see how that uh, the roof line comes down in? It, it's quite curvy. Yeah, yeah. It's got that Stellantis curved do you, do you see what i mean yeah 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 definitely yeah it's got it's got definitely got stellantis um sort of features and as you said this is based on the on their platform so yeah awesome i this looks yeah this looks okay like you're gonna see a lot more cars like this on the school run aren't you and you know particularly around london where everybody has to have a uh, something that looks off-roadish for no real reason no, I, fan- I fancy driving this when it comes out. It looks really, I don't know, it looks quite cool. I think because the fact it is yellow, but... I think you can, I'm hoping you can get, I hope it's not like the Model T Ford where you can get it in other colours. You can have it in, what is it, what is it Ford said? <laughs> you can have it in whatever colour you want. As long as it's black, yeah. Yeah. So this might be, you can have it as whatever colour you want, as long as it's bright yellow. Yeah. I think there are, I think there's only, I think there's only like three colours, I think. I think it's yellow, black and grey, from what I remember. There might be more colours with the like the full edition when it comes out, but there are some really cool touches. Again, we'll link Johnny's video in this, in the podcast description, but something like on the, on the, uh, around the front and on the wheel alloys, there's a little Jeep motif. So you've got like the, the lines and then the three little circle, the two little circles. Uh, there's some really nice little touches and a lot of plastic bumpers where you'd have extremities and you'd bump things. So I don't know. It looks quite cool. It does look really cool. It does. 
So um, back to the, back to the, the uh, back to the one I originally announced. We are not an astronomy podcast, but Polestar. Yeah, Polestar are doing a, a they're offering a. I guess they've found more efficiency in electric motors uh, or something to do with the software. Um, so they're offering more power through a one-time paid update. So existing Polestar two owners can get more power, about sixty-eight more horsepower, fifteen pound foot more of, of more torque, and this is available for a one-time fee. So uh, this sort of leads to, rather than them sort of price, sort of money grabbing, it seems more of a, we found more improvements, but because it took a little while, we'll, we'll charge you maybe. This is a bit a bit different to what Mercedes are doing. Well, Mercedes are, are doing the same sort of thing, but for an annual fee of, of £1,000. And then they'll give you boosted acceleration on the EQS and the EQE, which is, I don't know, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, having to pay for features for, I, I understand... Uh, look, so again, this is it's the same price, isn't it? It's a thousand pounds one time unlock mm. versus a thousand pound. Effectively, pay us a thousand pounds each year, or your car will be slower. Yeah, it doesn't that doesn't that that doesn't sit right with me? No, no, I don't. I don't like that. I think other companies have sort of got more confidence from what Tesla have been doing a little bit. I'm not sure. I don't think Tesla do subscriptions away aside from the in-car entertainment thing for Spotify. But I think any any add-ons, I think they're just still one-time fee. Which I don't know. Even the the price of the EQS is ridiculous anyway. So I'm not really sure this is the right thing to do. But I'm glad Polestar are seeing sense, and I think that's just paying for development time essentially. Which is absolutely fine. And look, I mean, I think maybe I don't. Well, I don't think we're glossing over it, but the fact that. It is possible to give a car another, what was it? Um, 70 horsepower, basically, nearly. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of horsepower mm. to be able to add via software. And that brings, so reading you, reading the, um, the article from the interface, that also brings the not um, 60 time, which is one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but when it's one of the, the benefits of an EV is that not to 60 time because of uh, the acceleration. But it brings it down from four and a half seconds to 4.2. That's in, look, you might not think that's a lot, but that is a big decrease for a software update. Yeah, definitely. And But most of that acceleration, they said, would be noticeable between 44 and 80 mile an hour. So as you're sort of overtaking stuff, so... We missed a trick, 88, 44 and 88 miles an hour, at which point the car will activate its flux capacitor. <laughs> Sorry. It's currently only available in the US and Canada at the moment, isn't it? So um, they haven't said availability yet. But that's pretty cool. Oh, and interestingly, it's only for dual martyr. Uh, dual martyr? So you have two martyrs in front of the dual, dual motor version of the car. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That makes sense again because it will be based on, you know, the car's characteristics and what that mo- those motors can put out. Awesome. So, obviously, when you drive at high speeds or, or drive any vehicle, there is a safety factor. And, uh, you know, I, I remember growing up in, my, in, you know, in my 80s and 90s. And, uh, you know, the, the standout memory for me was like something like, I think it was one of the Renault, I think it was like the Megane, the fuss they made about the end cap rating that the Megane got at the time. Volkswagen's ID Buzz has done pretty well, Alex. Yeah, the the very end of last year, um, there was a lot of cars that got shoved through the your end cap testing process. So um, Land Rover Discovery Sport, uh, Volkswagen Amarok, pickup truck, Ford Ranger, a load of different cars got pushed through the testing because the um, regulations are changing, changing this year. So I've load of cars got pushed through it but that doesn't mean to say that the id buzz was sort of unsafe and then would be found unsafe it, it found 
it, they found that it was pretty safe. We did a bunch of tests with it, sort of rolled it over, smashed stuff into the side. There's a video linked we'll put in the that's in the article as well. Um, but generally, cars that are so big and so van like, like the ID Buzz, that you'd think, well, it's going to roll over or it's it, it's not going to be very safe. But no, it's it achieved a full five star rating and a ninety percent rating for passengers, adults, and children. The only thing that was a problem due to its like box shape, box shape was the the safety for vulnerable road users, which was only sixty percent. So if you hit someone in the road, because it is just a massive massive vehicle, it's not going to fare that well. But in terms of people inside the vehicle, it's pretty safe, which is really good. So, and when we talk about that vulnerable road users, we, we're talking about pedestrians. We're talking about cyclists, I, I assume. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and that makes sense. Look, it's a big vehicle, so if you get hit by it, there's a lot of surface area on that vehicle, and it's going to mm. do some damage to you. You know, but I'll just say this is why we need better cycle uh, infrastructure in this country. We need to be able to give car drive, you know, vehicle drivers and cyclists equal access to our road network and, and pedestrians. I mean, look, the number of times... That, so the new road traffic code, as far as I'm aware, says that if you show a sign that you need, you're need you intending to cross a road, vehicles are meant to stop and let you cross, if I understand that correctly in the new... I think that's right, yeah. The number of times I've sort of tried to indicate that I want to cross and no one stops, and you, you know, and you think, did you bother to read the code... Anyway, it's good that we're seeing actual, you know, these safety numbers improving. This is really good. And as you said, look, if uh, the standards are changing, when it, it's the same in any industry, you will rush to get your certification on that standard before the rules change. I remember, work, you know, I, I mean, me and Alex both work in, in technology. Uh, I think recent, a couple of years ago, the ISO 27001 ch- uh, standard changed a little bit and everybody rushed to get their 27001 uh, certification for the next year before that standard changed. Uh, and I've seen it with look, vendor, you know, vendor uh, training for certain products, uh, particularly in the managed file transfer space. People rushed to do uh, the, the certification on a particular product before the vendor changed it again. So it's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the new rules that come into play this year will be more consideration for um, motorcycle um users and pedestrians and cyclists it's due to the um there's a lot more focus being being put on the autonomous emergency braking uh, most new cars have to have a uh, city braking um but I, I guess they're going to make sure that everything is a bit more well done so now now by that we don't mean that the cars go off for a, a four-day weekend city break they actually bre- <coughs> sorry i had to- <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry that, that was awful <laughs> <laughs> Just a random, random, random pulse or two. Come on, come on, Tesla, darling. We're, we're going to the Cotswolds for a... Hang on. That's, a, that's not a city break. We're going to Birmingham for a city break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm winding Alex up because you are relatively close to the Midlands, so... yeah. 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 All right, okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Alex. What about... Oh, good news, everybody. The MG4 EV. Do my James May impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I, this this MG4. I've I've probably said a lot about it. It's it's. I really love this car. Uh, I, even though I haven't driven it yet, it's just such a good proposition. And that in December, um, driving electric, which if you're not if you haven't heard of it, is sort of a sister magazine of Auto Express. Um, it's sort of their EV focused magazine and website and YouTube channel. Um, but in December, they awarded the MG4 EV with Car of the Year, um, which is really cool to see. The MG4 is a sort of a budget-focused EV from from the, the company, um, and it goes 
but it goes head to head with the ID3, which is mm. a car that is 12, 13 grand more. Um, so the MG4 starts at 25,995 in the UK, so just under 26 grand. And the ID3 is about 37,000 pounds, which they're pretty comparable in terms of features and build quality. And a lot of reviewers I've, reviews I've watched and read is that the ID3's quality inside isn't quite as good as VW used to be. So. But yeah, it's it's great. It's the driving electric, so they were very impressed with the car, and it was their reader's favourite electric car too in 2022. Nice. I, I'm just looking at looking at the article, and you know what? That I I don't know why, and this shows you. Uh, so look, I I me and Alex had a, had a little conversation where I said I haven't been reading the articles enough before we're we're recording, and I'm trying to fix that, and so I'm trying to look at stuff either before we record or during. I have this picture of, of this MG thing being a very boxy sort of like budget, like almost like an old Fiat Panda type design. But no, this is like it's those headlights are somewhat striking, like they're quite fierce. Yeah. I like this. Uh, I'm not a big fan of orange, but I like it. Definitely. Yeah, it looks good. There's a lot on the lot of nice colours for that one. There's white and I think there's a nice electric blue as well, which uh, I quite like as well. So they haven't scrimped on features either. There's a uh, an app called iSmart that allows you to like log into the car and view the charge level, see the temperature of the inside of the vehicle, and look at all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. So I think with the MG brand, I think there's a few people which I've seen that have said, "Oh, it's a it's a Chinese car. It's not going to be very good." But the Chinese manufacturers, especially SIAC, which they bought MG Rover in 2005, they've they're doing an incredibly well, incredibly good job, and they're actually showing up the Western manufacturers of how how good you can make things. And I think they're doing such a really good job. They got the MG4 now, got the MG5, and then the, and also the MG HS, which is sort of a larger SUV. So they're doing such a good job, and I think they've played on our nostalgia for the MG brand. That's that's subconsciously that's one of the reasons I'm inter- I'm interested because. I, I quite like Rover and MG, so I think even if the car wasn't quite as good, it still works. So, <laughs> sorry, it's a Rover Metro now, Alan. They've just <laughs> rebranded it. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I apologise. Anytime Rover or Mini is mentioned, you are going to get an Alan Partridge quote out of me. Um, so looking at he look at you mentioned the iSmart app, but also what I'm uh, looking at here is um, it's got both Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, yep. which is great for choice because that means look whichever platform you're on, you've got. Look, I haven't actually experienced Android Auto. I have through friends' car tried Apple CarPlay. And I love that. I think Apple has done a great job. I'm so excited for what we're doing uh, over the next year or two. But not only that, we're talking about the uh, ID Buzz's NCAP. Mm. This also got a, a five star rating. Yeah, which is great. I mean, look, you know, 20, okay, look, 20, 26,000 is still a lot of money for a car, brand new. But also, it's not like for an EV. And so, the, just remind me, Alex, um, because this is where I get confused. ID3, am I right, is about, if we take, say, a combustion car size, is it is it an ID3 Golf sized? Yeah, so it's it's the wheel, it's interesting, it's got the wheelbase of a Golf, but it's got the interior space of a Passat. Oh, okay. Because of the, because everything's set forward, there's no engine in there, so they can push things a bit more forward, so. Oh, so this, is, now, okay, would this would make a good family car then? Yeah, yeah, most most cars of this size are combustion the, the rear legroom's good but it's never quite as roomy as you'd like it to be well i've again i've watched reviews of the mg4 and uh, i haven't seen one in person yet um but the rear legroom looks pretty good so 
Cool. All right. Well, hopefully, <clears throat> I know this is on your list to test drive, isn't it? So yeah, it let's, is. Uh, let's see what we can do. You might you might have to stop by Bournemouth to actually pick up your co-host, and we'll go. Now, just quite a way. I'm joking. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on. And next up, now I love the but the name of this particular car. Yeah. So the i ionic the hyun. Now, how do you, is it Hyundai? How do you pronounce, is it Hyundai, Hyundai? It's interesting you mentioned that. They've, they've done like a whole big marketing campaign last few weeks about how to pronounce their, their brand name. So traditionally, we've always called it Hyundai. And I know in America, they pronounce it a bit weird. Um, but I think it's supposed to be Hyundai. That makes sense. Hyundai. Yeah. Yes, because of a Yun. Yeah, I can see that. Hyundai. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sounds like I'm clearing my throat, but there we go. Yeah. So this this was announced sometime last year, the year before. It's going to go on. It's on sale now in the UK. I think all the embargo is lifted last last week or this week, and all the reviews dropped as well. Um, and it's even though it doesn't even look like it, it's based on the Onyx Five. Um, it's the Onyx Five is sort of the hatchback style thing, um, hatchback style car with an SUV style sort of raised drive height as well. But these are roughly the same price, uh, and they're sort of aimed at different people. So the Onyx Five is more of a SUV type vehicle. This is more of a, a sleek uh, saloon, which is um, it's interesting that Hyundai are doing that because um, typically most car manufacturers will just have a car and then all the other models just look relatively the same. Like Audi do that very well, but it's it's good that they're putting a lot of effort into the, the design and making sure things look different. So, a thought just occurred to me. I'm looking at the article. It looks nice. It's it's very curvy. Do you know what's just come to mind? I'm, I'm just putting it up against. Yeah, no, it works. Hang on, here you go. Oh, yeah. Iconic six. Yep. For those, uh, I'm holding up one of Apple's um, magic mouse. Now, yeah, you've got one as well. Now, the, uh, that does raise one concern. <laughs> I apologise for this joke. Does that mean you have to turn the car upside down to charge it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. Um, it's very sleek, though, isn't it? Like, Yeah, what's quite nice is the door mirrors in this picture here, they're sort of these square things. They're cameras, like the uh, Pondery. And they're they're offering something quite quite unique. So if some some people wouldn't want camera door mirrors because they're worried they'll get damaged or mm. they don't quite trust them or whatever. Um, they'll let you have either. So you can have the cameras or you can have normal door mirrors. So oh, that's it. I like that. That's a nice choice. I mean, I I do understand that concern, but I guess the difference with a uh, you know cameras is, of course, you've got a lot of ability depending on the optics in there. You've you've definitely well, I say definitely, you've probably got better awareness with a camera than you might do with a mirror interesting uh price is mm, 46 745 i know for a real wheel drive um still pricey for, for i'm i'm really sorry ev makers if you want people to adopt your evs you need to get your prices down to a point where people can yeah. say yeah it's now a no-brainer choosing between this and say a, a comparable uh, combustion car i know and I think we are still a long way from that, but that's where we should be heading to. There's always a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, I always call it ammunition against EVs. There's a lot of stuff in the normal press, like the Sun and other magazines. I saw I saw something from a guy who runs some sort of campaign company against against EVs, basically, or for fuel. Um, and he, yeah, any, any time, any opportunity to sort of, bash on evs this in the traditional media there seems to be a lot of it um which is 
I don't know the, the, whether, whether it's the price of running an EV or the price of buying one, the price of fuel or range or queues at charges. There seems to be a lot of people faffing around whinging. So, so what's really interesting here is yeah, you that is a high price. However, gotta say, looking at this, so this has the option to have either a fifty-three kilowatt hour battery or a seventy-seven point four, which is a very odd number. With, from what I understand, on the higher end battery up to 379 miles on the charge rats yeah it's good isn't it like that's that's really good and then we give them brake horsepowers which so the smaller pack the 53 is 20, 226 bhp uh and the larger 329 um now this is interesting here the charger i think this is one we we got a little bit excited about the last time we recorded this is this new 800 volt yep 800 volt system which means it will be able to charge it, assuming the charger supports it, 350 kilowatts, mm-hmm. giving you, wow, from 10 to 80% in 18 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. This, this, this is the same battery system as the Ionic 5, sort of the larger vehicle. I watched, uh, I have to link it in the description as well. I watched an interesting video of where these two guys on, um, they're running this YouTube channel and they raced from Melbourne to Sydney or Sydney to Melbourne. I can't remember which way. And then one of them had a, a Ionic 5 and one of them was in a Hyundai, uh, Kona, sort of petrol car. And I think they got to their destination. It was like a 10 hour drive or something stupid. And they got to their destination within a half an hour of each other. And then the guy was with the electric car was charging at between 10 and 80 percent all the time very short stops to get advantage of the fast charging curve and i think he i think he was using 350 kilowatt chargers but he was using about 150 to 200 kilowatts even even then even if it was a bit slow it's still charging very very quickly that is very impressive cool so basically at the moment uh, there's the first edition trim and then more will be coming later this year potentially old cheaper trims so about 40 uh oh oh gosh okay the first edition oh wow Fifty four nine nine five. Okay, and it's a two thousand uh, unit first edition. Maybe maybe wait on that one, folks. Just just a suggestion. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's 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 move on to from. Um, oh. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Vauxhall Mocker Electric. But when I thought Mocker Electric, for some reason, I had it confused with an old an old Vauxhall car, which was this horrible little. Was it a V? It began with an A. It was a horrible little box. I forgot the name of a thing. How old are we talking? We were talking talking early two thousands or yeah, early two thousands. Hmm. I forgot the name of it already. So not the Adam. It, no, uh, no, it wasn't the Adam. It was something even worse. It was a AQ's. Oh, oh, Julia. I will. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That thing. And I somehow confused that. I I apologise to uh, to Stellantis because this actually looks okay. Alex, what on earth am I talking about? What what car is this? <laughs> this is the. Uh, Mokka Electric, this one. Yeah. Um, so Mokka Electric's been on sale for a little while and it shared the battery pack with the Peugeot E28. And I guess Vokta found some efficiencies with the battery packs they're using. So they've fitted it with a new battery pack, which has 20% larger or 20% more range. And the range is now 252 miles. Weirdly, they've managed to get more range out of a Mokka SUV than they have out of other cars. So in other vehicles that Stellantis make, the smaller vehicles, uh, 249 miles, which is two or three miles less but uh, still it's uh, it's quite weird that a larger vehicle with maybe the maybe the mocker's more aerodynamic but but this new battery pack has 100 kilowatt hour charging sorry 100 kilowatt charging um and it will charge from 80 percent not 20 percent in 30 minutes and the motor's now more powerful 19 brake horsepower more than before um and later this year the corsa is going to get a refresh so 
on the mocker this um visor designs the, the front where the lights are there's all this one piece black gloss section um the corsa doesn't have that yet and it will do later this year so once that model's been refreshed the corsa will have this more efficient uh battery system so that's kind of cool and um, that's a mocker electric currently on sale as at the time of alex wrote this article which was uh the 17th of december uh 34155 with the new model of course expected to be a bit more than that um and it's due to go on sale sometime this year awesome um looks nice i mean I, I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna say can we stop having crazy colours for cars? Cars should be... I don't want bright green... Oh, God, no. I'm getting <laughs> old. I don't want bright green cars. And that said, if someone did a car in crosswires blue, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd take... Wait, I can't drive, so there you go. That's, all right, all right, sorry. All right, let's move on, because I'm aware how much we, we have now. I think, was it last episode we talked about before Fiesta going bye-bye? Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is sad. I mean, I think I said in my last episode that you know my family, we had fiestas. My mom had fiestas, but we've now got a little bit more information on why. What what was their reasoning, Alex? Yes, yeah, so Ford announced that the fiesta was going away. As I said, I was thinking it was last end of last year that we we covered it, and it was mainly assumed it was due to the sales figures. So uh, for ten, fifteen years plus. The Fiesta has always been at the top spot of the sale figures in the UK. It's always been the most popular vehicle or one of the most popular vehicles. Weirdly, uh, it just dropped, plummeted right down, even in Europe as well. It, it, it was became practically unpopular, uh, which is weird. Uh, and the Ford Puma overtook it and became one of the most popular vehicles um, Ford offering the UK. So Ford did reveal why uh, that happened. And I think it was a combination of the two. So they spoke to Autocar uh, in December and said, they basically needed more space in the factory. So they've got a large factory in Cologne, Germany, um, where the Fiesta's made, and they're, but they are looking to build more electric vehicles in, com- in conjunction with Volkswagen. So, and unfortunately, the, the Fiesta was one of those vehicles that did just happened to be less popular at the time, so they just thought, we'll, we'll can it off. So It's a shame, but it, it makes sense, unfortunately. I don't think there's much more I can really say about that, other than at least we know a little bit more about what's happened. Yeah, the re- the replacement for it would be a, a new Ford crossover that would be electric, and that's going to be built using a Volkswagen platform. So it's be it's going to be a it's going to be a VW, uh, probably based on the ID three um, that we will be built in that same factory. So interesting. I mean, look, Fiesta side. Well, something to replace it would be good. Now this okay. This next story, I was a hu- uh, so we're going to talk about Land Rover. I remember now. Being a huge fan of Land Rover, you know, the, the, the power and the size of those cars. And my dad had has had, had two Land Rovers. He had a Discovery uh, Series 2 Discovery, Mark 2 Discovery, I think. No, series, it's, I can't remember what we call it. Series 2, I mean, a Freelander. Um, but my an enduring memory for me is going to the NEC Motor Show with my dad and his friend, his friend Mick. And we went around over cars. And they had, at the time, a Freelander was just launching excuse me, and inside the NEC in Birmingham, we put up like an off-road track. And I remember we all piled in, me, Mick, my dad, and uh, one of I mean, one of Mick's sons, we all piled into this car, and the Land Rover guy was showing us all the features of a Freelander. So I've got a certain love for Land Rover. Hmm. And uh, But recently, seeing what we've doing, where Land Rover's gone from, maybe I'm being unfair, but gone from like, you know, the thing you see at the start of Emmerdale Farm, the you know the the good farm work vehicle and the off roader to show off 
here's my big 4 by 4 thing. That's been disappointing, but this new electric Land Rover Defender looks impressive. Alex, can you give us a little bit more details? Because it's got some real potential. Yeah. Um, so the, the header image is simply just the, the FEV uh, version. So we haven't actually... Oh, okay. We haven't seen what it looks like yet, but it's not going to look too different, I, would, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so the Defender's been on sale for two or three years, and I think it went on sale during lockdown, which is a good or bad thing. So the Defender got killed off in 2015 due to safety regulations. It just wasn't wasn't very safe, and, and due to emissions at the same time. Uh, so Defender was replaced with the, the new one we see today, and it is a huge car. I remember I pulled up, I pulled up, I pulled up to one in a fuel station, and I got a little up. Uh, and I sort of looked up at it. Like, oh my god, it's huge! But even even driving around behind them, they're just they're so big. I do see what you mean about Range Rovers or Land Rovers image uh, is it has definitely changed. I would have thought. Um, but this new electric vehicle will have a good range of three hundred miles. Uh, it's going to be the first EV that Land Rover has ever produced, not the first EV that the, the group has ever produced because we've also got the I Pace, um, which is on sale. I've no doubt they're going to share bits between them. Uh, I would have thought so. Of course, yeah. But one one thing when I heard that they, they were making a EV Land Rover was the the off road capabilities because the the wading depth of a of a car is based on the air intake. Traditionally, off road vehicle has to have those snorkels at the very top, or in terms of Range Rovers and Land Rovers, they have the the grills the very very top of the 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 bonnet near the windscreen, so you can get a good wading depth. And the Defenders had one of the best wading depths of any vehicle they've produced. So, but an EV version, they don't need an air intake. So, in theory, as long as the door seals hang up, hold up, you could probably drive through some pretty deep water and not be not have a problem. So, I saw a YouTube short of a Jag EV going going pretty deep into a um, yeah, like a, a fjord. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Hey, Vigo ITV, you can redo the Emmerdale. Emmerdale I was about to say Emmerdale Farm. It hasn't been Emmerdale Farm since nineteen ninety. Um, Emmerdale title sequence with a nice Defender EV. You know, get yourself a sponsorship deal because you like doing my ITV. Go for you know Emmerdale Farm new EVs. Why not? No, no one at ITV. Okay, fine. Right. <laughs> I, by the way, I do not watch Emmerdale. Just just for clarification, I don't watch Emmerdale. My my grandparents did, but my grandparents have this religious TV schedule on a night. Basically, it was Emmerdale followed by Coronation Street. The only problem was my granddad would fall asleep at during uh, the middle of one and wake up in the middle of other, uh, the other, and would suddenly wonder why on earth the Rovers' return. Uh, sorry, why on earth uh, the Rovers' return was now in um, Emmerdale? <laughs> okay, no. all right, all right. So, but, uh, but this is due out in twenty twenty five, isn't it? Yep, a little while, a little way away. Yep, yeah. Cool. All right. What's what's up next? Speaking of, uh, I don't know. Would you call BMW a luxury car brand? I mean, I think I would. Uh, no, maybe not luxury. Kind of. What What would you? De- how would you define? How would you define BMW? Um, premium. Premium. There you go. I like that term. Premium. So speaking of premium EVs, the i5 um, is coming this year. Alex, do you want to tell us a bit more? Yeah. So what one thing? I, uh, BMW's design product decisions aren't quite to my liking a little bit that some of the cars they're producing are, are gopping but but their, their product strategy is pretty 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 good really most most people that buy an ev don't really want a thing that shouts that it's an ev uh, and one thing they did with the four series where they made the i4 and it looks nothing like an ev at all the only thing you better tell that it's an ev is the green number plate which is it's what people want and i've seen quite a few of them around i was like oh, okay that's quite cool 
Uh, it looks like they're doing the same thing with the 5 Series. So the 5 Series, the current 5 Series, the 7th generation, will be discontinued this year. Uh, it will be replaced with an all-new 8th uh, generation model. Um, and it isn't going to be EV only. It's going to be combustion uh, and EV. They're going to bring an i5 model as well, like they did with the 4 Series. And the battery packs are likely going to be from the i4. So this is, means we'll see four-wheel drive, possibly. Um, no, uh, sorry, range of up to 350 miles. Uh, horsepower of up to 536, um, which is a lot. There's no real word on what they're going to do with the M5 and the V8 models, the M55i, uh, M550i X-Drive. Um, the M5 has been an iconic car for a very long time, but we're not going to know what they're going to do with that until they announce the diesels. So. Interesting. I'm not to to be honest. I'm not. I'm not a big BMW fan. Being really honest, I don't know what it is. I'm just just me. I'm not a BMW fan. Um, but hey, let's see. I'm I'm not rushing this through, but I'm pushing this forward a little bit because we've got a lot to get through. But similarly, you know, German, another German uh, luxury car brand. Mercedes have had quite a good year for EV sales in the last uh, last year. Yeah. Um. So in 2022, uh, they announced that they more than doubled their sales over 2021 with 117,000, nearly 118,000 pure EVs sold in 2022. But it's still not a huge amount of all the cars they sold. So in 2021, 2022, they sold over 2 million vehicles, um, but only like 100, 100 and something thousand of them were EVs, which is a pretty good pretty good going, but still, still quite a, while, a, a way to go. Interesting, they also broke down the individual sales of each model, which was quite interesting. So we've got the details listed in the... Uh, link in the description but but also with electric vans they sold 14 and a half thousand pure electric vans um but no model breakdown again um which is probably probably for the delivery fleet makes sense all right <laughs> this last story we we talked about safety oh gee oh geez all right so we all know that fsd in full self sorry full self-driving in tesla is not perfect but for german police had a bit of a fun a fun chase on their hands, it would seem. I remember my dad sent me this story way before I heard about it through, through, you know, through doing the show. And, um, Alex, what on earth is going on here? Yeah. So earlier this month, police force in Bavaria, Germany, um, they, they basically chased down a, a Tesla for 15 minutes solid and they even beeped the horn at him. Uh, it looks like the guy was asleep. So they, they drove in front of the vehicle, um, sort of made, try to slow it down. And then the Tesla just, kept a safe distance from the police uh, car, which made them think, okay, he's got the self-driving stuff on. Uh, eventually, after that time, he did he did wake up and pulled over. And what he had done was to trick the self-driving feature on the Tesla to stay on, because it does warn you. If, you. if you take your hands off the wheel, it would say, look, put your hands back on the wheel. He had a weight on the steering wheel to make it think that his hands were on the steering wheel, which was just, was just so stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's... he's He's doing court soon, uh, the, the police force have said, and he's had to surrender his driving license as a result of doing that. Um, so it's just it's just dangerous. Good. No, it's, it's stupid and it's dangerous. Now, at first, you see, now, because when I got the article from my dad, there was no mention of that steering wheel weight, weight, and every mainstream media source was saying, Teslas are unsafe because this is possible, because this happened. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, I mean, look, I, and I've been thinking about this. What could what meaningful changes could uh, Tesla Software Group or Hardware Group make? Could would it be a case of? I, I mean, my first thought was to have um, capacitive sensors on the steering wheel 
for uh, like uh, Apple's Touch ID that require a live finger, but then that starts to cause problems with things like driving gloves. You know, if you're such a person who wears a driving glove. I don't think this is, I'm going to say, I don't think this is necessarily the fault of Tesla. This is someone maliciously going out to break the law. Well, yeah, because it is illegal to to be asleep at will you you know i mean fsd requires hands-on contact is fsd ready for full-scale usage probably not i will be very very interesting to see what the what his um you know what the penalty is on this one interesting again i love youtube shorts punch out so much actually this is a comedy skit someone was saying you know here where if you get your driving license taken off you usually that doesn't mean you don't you stop driving most people will drive on if you believe police interceptors, a lot of people will still drive on suspended or or no license. In Germany, if you get your license take off you, that's it. You know, they're saying, no, this is not possible. You do if you have no driving license, you do not drive. And it's a very different culture uh, to here where I don't know. I, I struggle again, as someone who can't drive, I, one of my pet peeves is people abusing the privilege of being able to drive. Um, yeah, rant over, but there we go. Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, so don't go and put um, weights on your um, FSD, folks. There is one thing I thought of with the with the way they could combat this. There is one thing I thought of. The Model Three has has had an interior camera. I don't know if you know about that. They've had the interior camera for a very long time, and it's reserved for when the Model Three becomes a taxi, <laughs> like a self driving taxi. But one thing they could do is use that. So, last episode of the episode before, we spoke about the Aura Cat. And that's that's got a camera inside it, which can look at how fatigued a driver is, mm. or if he's tired or whatever. They could use that camera and have some sort of AI monitoring the driver's face. If he's asleep, it just it just does the same thing as okay, the hands on on the wheel will will turn off. We're like so, that makes a lot of sense. No, that's, yeah, that's a good shout. I like that. Okay, and yeah, oh gosh, I can see the model freeze as a self driving taxi. That's going to be. Uh... Scary. As long as we, as long as he put Robert Picardo and a doll of Robert Picardo in the front seat, saying "Welcome to Johnny Cab." Please tell me at some point. Alex is literally shaking his head at me right now. Like, what on earth? Have you seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Total Recall? No. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just going to leave that one there, folks. Just... All, yep. right, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So. <laughs> you're Alex, but uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. You're go, you're going on holiday, I believe. Yeah, good. So I'm. Um, yeah, p- please watch Total Recall on me on me in flight um, entertainment system. Anyway, go on. You were, you were talking about car hire. Yeah, so I'm I'm due to go abroad to Tenerife in March. Um, it's like a work trip, which is quite nice. So, but I was deciding on what to do about driving over there. So I don't quite like getting public transport that much or taxis. So I was thinking, oh, okay, I, I could rent a car. So I'd look at what, what cars you could rent over there. And it turns out the cheapest car you could rent was a Fiat 500 petrol. So it's about a hundred about 150 quid for the week uh, for seven days. Uh, and then it occurred to me, I thought, okay, um, while I'm out there, I could actually rent an electric car. And it turned out the Fiat 500 electric is available for that whole week, but for £10 more for the week. So I thought, I'm going to go for that. Um, so hopefully, actually, in some places, it's even it's even cheaper than the petrol one, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how they've done that, but yeah. So um, hopefully, I can I can rent rent a Fiat 500 electric and then give some opinion when I get back, which would be quite nice. 
I'd also be interested to know what your like your actual rental pickup experience is like with an EV because it's not some. I don't know if you have you rented an EV before. No, no, that'd be very interesting because mm. I think one thing we uh, yeah one thing we talked about is typically on a rent uh, again from experience of family on a uh, combustion rental the deal is what was it um, full tank in full ta- a full tank out full tank in so correct. It, you have a full tank of petrol. I wonder what that means for charging side of things. I, I have read that it was. It says it will come with a full charge um, when you get it. I'm not sure what they want. Well, it doesn't cost anything, does it? Really? Not well. It doesn't cost much to fill up. So for them, so I'm not sure. I have to read in to what it says or what happens when I get there. But I haven't found anything close to what it says to do. So cool. Well, we're looking forward to that one. So moving into charging news. These aren't just. EV chargers. These are premium, delicious, juicy, vaulty Marks and Spencers EV chargers. <laughs> oh, what? God. Come on! I've, since you told me, since you put that in the show notes, I've been planning that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've rehearsed that, haven't you? I really have rehearsed that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, 900 new EV chargers at Marks and Spencer's store. Um, so, uh, this is cool. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, they already had EV chargers and this is in partnership with someone. Yeah. So, uh, at the Marks and Spencer's that are in retail locations that, uh, that, 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 that they have their own car parks. So there are some MSs which are in shopping centers and stuff, um, where they share car parks. These, these are for the locations which, they have their own car parks. They're partnering with B, uh, BP um, to install 900 new chargers at around 70 of the stores in the UK, and they'll be built out in the next two years, which is which is awesome. They did start doing this in 2020. So they, they installed 15 chargers at two stores, so Maidstone and Southgate. I think Southgate's in Bath, actually. But they this is so they've obviously worked quite well, so they're, they're rolling out the, the scheme to 70 stores in the UK, which is awesome, so... That's really cool. It is great to see, uh, and actually, you know, we got a f- quite, you know, got quite a few. St- a lot of our stores are adding EV chargers. I know we talked last time we tried to record this episode, and in fact, we're talking about them a little bit later. Lidl and Aldi have a good charging platform. Um, mm. Morris- Morrison's do. It's really good to see because it makes sense to be able to pop your EV on charge. Now, the only problem that I can see. Uh, in fact, yeah, I was at um, I was at Tesco. It was a big Tesco here in Bournemouth. Um, mm-hmm. Big Tesco extra, and they had EV chargers. Now, but what happens when your Karens and your Kens start parking their combustion cars in the EV spots because we're closer to the store? Yeah, I'm not sure. I read a story a while ago in Belgium where someone did this. Someone parked their big pickup truck in an EV charging space, and they got li- literally lifted out. So they had a, they came with a crane. The, the, the actual government or the the local force, whatever, and they lifted the car out of the space because it's left it there too long. Wow! Oh, uh, uh, wow! That's yeah. uh, that's incredible. So I'm not sure what what to do when people park in those spaces, but no, it's it's interesting. One and worse is when people try and unplug chargers for some reason. I don't get. I really do not get what people get out of unplugging someone else's EV charger. No, I don't know. Uh, weird people. All right. So we we talked about Stellantis, um, obviously quite a bit in, in, in our show. Now Octopus Energy, which Octopus are an interesting one. They are, if I remember correctly, Octopus are a green energy supplier here in the UK. Yep. Not that anyone can switch any energy supplies at the moment. So the caveat to this is, this is great, but if you're not with Octopus right now, 
you can't take advantage of it because effectively all of the because of the current price problems all of the electrical supply electric suppliers have said we're not taking any new signups or we're not taking any switches so i found this i was with bulb now probably good thing i moved away from bulb given that you know they've gone bankrupt but when i move properties i'm now with ecotricity which by the way, I, I've had some experience with them recently. Their customer service is, is spot on. And I think they do an EV ch- uh, tariff as well. Mm. But what, what are Octopus up to with Stellantis? Actually, I just noticed when... Sorry, but just come back to the energy stuff. When we recorded this episode the first time, there was a message on the Octopus website when you put in your postcode to say, we, go, we can't have any new customers. They are now taking customers by the look of things. Oh, okay. So I, right, then I, well, I stand corrected. Um, cause that, that's what we discovered last time we recorded this. And yeah. I thought that was still the case. Okay. That's, mm. do you know why? I think, cause I remember reading either last night or this morning that the energy price cap is going to start coming down because wholesale prices have come down, coming down again. Oh. So we might be seeing, starting to see the end of this. Uh, this cost of living, well, not cost of living, but this energy cri- cost crisis. Okay, but yeah, oh, that's good news. Okay, so yeah, what are they doing with Stellantis? Yeah, so Octopus Energy have been partnered, they partnered with Voxel a while ago. So if you bought uh, eCourse or, or eMock or whatever, um, they would give you a wall box charger for free to install at home. Now that Voxel is part of Stellantis, so they, since initial deal, they weren't part of Stellantis, but they are now. Every um, Stantis brand is now going to have that benefit. So Fiat, DS, uh, Jeep, and Peugeot. So, and also they give you simplified public charging. So public charging can be a bit of a headache. Um, you get all the different apps, not all the charges except contactless, which is, which is just ridiculous. But they're going to they're going to have a a one card fits all policy for a lot of chargers from um, MER, Ionity, Shell Recharge, uh, Osprey, and other ones. So you'll have one RFID card, and then you can just scan it on the on the machine and get and, ch- and charge. Uh, which is really good. So that's awesome. Okay, yeah. uh, you get a OM OHME. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Ohm, maybe Ohm. Yeah, Ohm oh. wallbox charger. Yeah, you get the wallbox charger for free. You also get access to a new flexible energy tariff designed for EV owners, um, which will is called the Octopus Intelligent Tariff. And if you charge your EV, you can take advantage of the cheaper energy up between 11:30 p.m. and 5:30 a.m. So that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why not? Because, you know, if you're going to leave your car on charge overnight, you might as well benefit from cheaper electricity for doing so. Because that also means... Because there's a benefit to the grid then as well, because if you're charging if you're charging your car overnight, the grid load is a lot less at that time, apart from us crazy streamers who are up all night. But yeah, that's a really good thing. So there's benefits both ways around there. So it makes sense to reward people for saying, actually, I'm going to charge my car in these quiet hours and put less of a strain on the grid. That's a good way to do things. Yeah. Have you also seen that Octopus are now doing solar panel installations as well? I have not. That's cool. No. Yeah, so you're in... Because I'm in a flat, which... And it's a rented flat, which means I can't have solar installed. I know we've talked about this. I think we've talked about this before. I I love the idea of... Oh, gosh. Imagine that combined with... So if you do solar panel install and have this charging tower, if you've got a really good way of bringing... Potentially bringing down your energy bills and your consumption. Yeah, definitely. That's good, good, good to do. So... From small home charging upgrades to huge fields of chargers, and and from Lidl, yeah, okay. So this is more of a European bit of news. They, Lidl do have chargers in this country, but it's mainly for just the stores. So at the end of last year, Lidl opened four new fast charging parks 
at shops in France. And they've actually got quite a competitive price per kilowatt hour. So the price per kilowatt hour here is quite high. It can be anywhere from 60 to 70p. And over in over in France, for these little charges, it can be at least 25 cents per kilowatt hour, which is, which is quite good. But they're, they're opening independent charging locations called e-stations at, at little supermarkets or, or just at dedicated locations. And they've got a handful of DC and AC chargers between 22 kilowatt hours and DC at 360 kilowatts, which which is what that new Hyundai can take advantage of, which is quite yeah, cool. Yeah, so. I was going to say, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and these aren't going to be tied to store opening hours, are they? The idea is these will be open independently, as it were. Yeah, 24-7. Yeah. That's really cool. Because I, I don't know if it's still the case in France, but I I don't think it is. This was a long time ago. I, I do remember this was... 90s or two early 2000s going on holiday in uh, our touring car and i can't remember what car we were towing with at the time i don't think it was a particularly efficient car i think it might have been a vector sri that was towing a caravan so not the best choice <laughs> um, there is a reason for that folks it wasn't my dad's choice it was a company car but running out of fuel and then realizing that all the supermarkets in france were closed on the sunday so oh. he had to literally unhitch the caravan on like he was on like fumes trying to go and find a, a place to fill up, and in the end, he actually had to ask a lovely French uh, local to help him because they only took these French fuel cards, and uh, or so, it oh. was some complicated thing. And he, yeah, it was very very odd. So that's gonna be cool. All right. Speaking of um, new EV charge installments, now I think is it fair to say we're we have we know what's happening here, but we don't know who it's going to benefit yet. Yeah, benefit being a key word here. Benefits. Yep. So Mighty, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, have won a, a new contract with the. Is it the DWP? Is that is that the acronym for it? DWP. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, DWP. Yeah, yeah, Department for Work and Pensions. Um, so this is their second contract they've won with uh, the 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 department, and they've got a new contract to install 50 new charging points at 120 employment centres. I think that just means job centres in the UK. The bit that you mentioned about we're not knowing what it's for, uh, it's unclear if these charges are for the employees at the job centres or for visitors as well. And as I said in the article, considering it's using taxpayer funds, it would be good if it's for everyone. So, What's interesting is reading the quote on my article. Let me just just make sure I get the right one up here. Uh, Give me two seconds. Here we go. A phrase I just noticed, getting workplace car parks, that would seem to suggest. In fact, so employment centres, and I, again, this might not just be job centres. So a really good example of this is I'm still unemployed, though that's, you know, I'm looking to self-employment, there's no secret there. So a job centre that I used to be at, which made no sense location-wise, was a uh, PFI-funded build. I think they all are, to be fair. But this had an employee car park for the DWP staff, and I think there was more than just a public-facing job centre there. It did seem like a DWP. It was uh, it was not job centre branded. It was DWP branded, if that makes sense. And I think that's more of a place. And there wasn't car parking for job seekers. There was car parking for staff. So I'm wondering, uh, from that phraseology... I think this might be more than just what we see as public-facing job centres. It'll be like the call centres and the, you know, the people who decide how much benefit you're not going to get this month. So it does seem like, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, this is taxpayers' money going to help charge civil servants' cars. Not sure how I feel about that. Yep, fair enough. 
I hope I'm wrong. I mean, it would wouldn't it be great if that was something that you know you can go to your job centre and charge your EV to go to an interview? If that was one of the, the things you could legitimately do, say I've got an interview, say an hour away. Okay, as part of my you know universal credit and job seeking, I could go to a job centre and charge my EV to pay for that. That would be amazing, but it's probably not going to happen. Mm. Now we've obviously talked a lot about. Uh, charging costs i mean you mentioned the uh, you know the price per unit uh, over here being like 60 70p well there's a study that you've linked to here about sadly that now correct ev fast charging now correct me if i'm wrong that means using public public fast chargers so we aren't talking about home charging we're talking about the public charging network correct this is now currently more costly than petrol do you want to go into that a little bit more yeah, there was a report from the ROC that, that looked at the cost of driving a petrol car, uh, electric car, the same distance. So the last eight months, the cost of using public rapid chargers has risen by more than 50%, and it's now more expensive to use than petrol. There's a, as I said, there's a caveat with that. So well, I said it's pretty nice news for headlines, um, but a lot of people don't use public chargers all the time and can charge at home. So the ROC reported the cost of using a rapid charger at up to 50 kilowatts has risen by 58% since May 2022. Um, from 44p to 70p, that's quite a bit. And then for ultra rapid chargers at 100 kilowatts, uh, price has gone from 50 to 74p per kilowatt hour. So, that, what does that actually mean, though? So it says, so I did some did some calculations. So, um, so the cost of charging a 64 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, on 100 kilowatts will cost 38 pounds. Um, that's from 10 to 80 percent. And then charging that same car at home, albeit a bit slower, will cost you 18 18 pounds. So when comparing this car price to petrol. It's a few pounds here or there. So filling up a petrol car with 188 miles of range at the average cost of petrol, which is 155p per litre, will cost 33 pounds. So it's if you charge at home, which a lot of people do, it might be okay. But if you're doing a long road trip, you might see a bit of price uh, increase. So um, I know you mentioned on a podcast episode before that the, the VAT on public charges is a bit unfair when compared to residential charging, so residential electricity. So, Quentin Wilson used to be on the old Top Gear um, series. He now runs Fair Charge, which is a, a organization that is looking at making sure charging is at a fair price. And that's that organization is actually backed by the RAC. Um, and they've they've mentioned that they both of them have called on the government to lower the VAT down to the same as domestic energy. So the VAT on public charge is twenty percent, and then the five percent is the domestic charging. So. I mean, look, I, I'm going to say, why on earth are we paying VAT on an essential? Oh, I could spend all day going into into this stuff, but yeah, I mean, look, but uh, let's not go into it. Uh, but yeah, at least bring it down to a domestic charge VAT rate, at least. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, now, I, now, what they what would be interesting to see here is for that same journey for a combination of. A full charge at home and then top up charging if need be, because that would be what I'd be interested to see where that comes out at compared with petrol. Yeah. Because I think that's still going to be, uh, my mindset says that's still going to be cheaper. Yeah. Cool. Worth having a look at that. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we, we've come to the end of the news now. We've obviously got a whole, nearly a whole year left to go. And, you know, you, you've probably heard us talk on previous episodes, this car's coming out in 2023, et cetera. So yep. Alex, in a somewhat quick fire, what have we got to look forward to that's actually going to be available to the public this year? Okay. Um, we've got the Audi A6 e-tron, which will come on sale in spring this year. 
So it's going to be sort of an estate car with a nice big battery of 100 kilowatts and a range of up to 430 miles, which is actually really good. Um, so that's that's coming in spring. The i5, which I mentioned earlier, the BMW i5, is going to come out in summer this year. Again, 300-mile range, plenty of power, sort of a EV option of an existing combustion car. Pretty good. Fiat Panda will go on sale later this winter as well. So the Fiat Panda is the little hatchback um, car they make, and there's going to be an EV version of that during the winter. It's likely going to just share the electric powertrain of the existing uh, 500. Um, so that means about 200 miles of range, so pretty good. So we mentioned that Jeep have got their first EV, uh, the, the Avenger, that's on sale or will be soon. They're going to have a larger one uh, called the Wagoneer S, which is going to go on sale this summer. So that'd be quite nice to, nice to see. And then uh, Kia as well. Kia have got two new electric cars, the EV4, which is a small car, and then EV9, a huge SUV, both of them on sale this year. So pretty cool. And then... Mini as well. Mini have got three cars that are going to come on sale this year. One in spring, one in summer, and then the one in the winter. They've got an all-new Mini Electric. So I drove the Mini Electric last year for the podcast, and that was a such a cool little car. So they've got an all-new version that's going to go on sale this spring. Huge amount of person, personal well, things to change, like personality options, so like alloy wheels, colours, stripes, different, different finishes inside. It'll be quite cool. Uh, they've also got two SUVs, so the Countryman, five-door uh, electric SUV, which will probably just use the same electrical components as the iX1, which is a BMW electric car. And then the the last one is the BMW, uh, the Mini Aceman. So that's going to go on sale in the winter, and that's going to be sort of a smaller SUV designed for, it says designed for younger, younger buyers, so quite nice. And then the last one is the Volkswagen ID Aero. That's going to go on sale in the winter. It's going to be a sort of a, electric version of the Passat, essentially. Uh, it's going to be a big estate, big estate car, big saloon car, a lot of interior space because that's what they can do when they make them electric. Uh, so that's going to be quite cool. So, I love the idea of, an, uh, of a Passat estate-sized EV. Mm. Passat, Passat estate is a gorgeous car. I, I like a Passat in general, so that's going to be really cool. Awesome. So lots to look forward to. Obviously, we will cover, you know, bits and pieces of news go on. I'm sure Alex is queuing up, hoping to get test drives as many of those as he can. I don't know. I, I hope at some point we start getting noticed by the EV makers and we, we can actually start, you, you know, getting your actual cars just delivered to your house, you know, just... Yeah, it would be quite nice. Test drive. would be nice. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, Alex, thank you. I'm really excited for what this holds for the show this year. We've got lots of cool yeah. stuff coming up. Um, it's worth, uh, I thought it'd be worth mentioning, since we mean you actually did this yesterday. Um, so as well as obviously this show, we as uh, Crosswires have Crosswires. Head over to crosswires.net. You'll find both both this show and both this show and Crosswires there. But Alex, you've just moved one of your other shows, which is a very different show, but you've just um, got yourself released from the clutches of SoundCloud. Yeah, so... Um I started a podcast called Creator Spotlight in June last year. Basically, aimed at it's talking to creators who make cool stuff. Basically, so I spoke to a load of YouTubers last year, uh, journalists, automotive creators as well, and uh, people in the technology space. It's it was just a, a way of talking to people that make interesting stuff and the processes behind it. Um, and I mean, how long things take, like video editing. So, uh, yeah, James gave me a hand to move that away from SoundCloud yesterday and moved it to Castos, which is quite a cool platform. Um, hopefully, we can. Well, it came into a problem where the, some of the older episodes were just disappearing, which was just, <laughs> and if you go in and resolve it, SoundCloud would try and make you pay. So it was a good good way to uh, move everything off and hosted myself. So 
Absolutely. No, Castor, we, uh, Crosswise, we, we use Castos for all our shows. And, and what we discovered is their website build, their website building functionality, not building, but their pre-made website is actually really quite good for a podcast. Yeah. Like if we didn't want to build our whole WordPress site and have multiple stuff, we probably would have used it. So really cool. And of course, make sure you head over to, is correct from interface.uk for all Alex's, you know, all of the, all the stories we link or most of them. I think the only one left that isn't is the up the drive electric cars of 2023. So yep. we'll, we'll just link that. But pretty much every other article is provided by the interface, which is fantastic. Having that, genuinely having Alex on board. Cause look, really, Frank, this, most of the show was Alex's idea and, it really is great. I'm enjoying I'm learning a lot about EVs. I'm learning a lot about car makers as well. Head over to theinterface.uk to check out Alex, all Alex's other tech content as well, because obviously, you know, you're a bit of a, I would hope, given who you work for, a bit of a wireless networking nerd as well. Um, yep. And you've got lots of other great content there. So head over. Um, you can find our show on social media. We are still on Twitter at Charging Status, I believe, on Twitter. Yep. Um, now then, remind me of our Mastodon handle at charging state is at crosstalk.tech. Tech, yep. Crosstalk.tech. Thank you to Chris Sheridan from Crosstalk Solutions for having a nice little Mastodon instance there for us to, uh, to use. Yep. And, I think, oh, and head over to chargingstatus.net. Uh, you can find all the episodes there. Is there anything I have missed? Oh, feedback. Yeah. And you can also find the interface at theinterface.uk. And then you can find us on Twitter as well at the underscore interface underscore so awesome do drop us an email podcast at chargingstatus.net we would love to hear from you and for the first time head over to crosswires.net forward slash discord come and join our discord we will have an ev little chat space as well uh, for everyone to come and do that and we'll try and we'll put um, we're doing like um, forum style posts for each episode so you'll be able to come and discuss and add your comments to particular episodes of all our shows so come and join uh, we have a you know we have some community rules read those as long basically long story short as long as you can treat people with respect you are welcome in our discord thank you ever so much for listening we will speak to you next month cool thank you